Welcome back to the Get Fast podcast. We're back with our first case study of the year. In these shorter episodes, we review one of our athletes' performances and what we did to help them get there and get, in, get an improvement. And that could be in a PB, could be testing improvements, could be race results, and much more. But before we get into the episode, we want to remind you of the athletes' unwritten rule. Endurance athletes, we have this mark of respect for each other. There's just a code out there that when you see another endurance athlete out training, a cyclist or runner on the road, you give a single finger salute or a wave or even just a little nod, a mark of respect that you're both training, you're both on the grind and on the endurance journey together. So another part of this Athletes Unwritten Rule is for us, as you know, we do this podcast for free and we give you all our best information and tips to help you train smarter and race faster and we love doing it. And the only thing we ask you to do is if you listen to an episode that you enjoy or love or you find is really helpful or you get something out of, you can really help us by making sure you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen, or share it on your socials. Go to your Instagram or go to your Facebook and share a photo of the episode. Put it on your story, put an actual post up. It's something we'd really appreciate athlete to athlete. So getting into this case study, this is just an absolutely inspiring story from an, a beginner athlete, Marcus. Marcus came to us in a position where he wanted to make a big change in his life and lifestyle. He was 132 kilos and his goal and dream was just to complete a triathlon. He asked us if we thought it was possible. With limited ability to swim or run to start with, but he was able to jump on the bike and, and start riding, we started his journey. So, Dad, take the story from here. Thanks, Joy. A great introduction. Uh, and right from the outset, um, I want to make it clear that Marcus is one of the most enjoyable athletes that I've ever had to deal with. Um, his determination and focus uh, is kind of unrivaled. Um, and I, th- I suppose that's where I should start because when we first started training him, I learned so much about coaching. Uh, I completely misunderstood uh, where his level was and where his ability was and I was so keen to help him that um, I really needed to rethink uh, after a few weeks of training about how I was going to help him the best way and the way I started was me being too too excited almost to, to get him going and and that wasn't the way to, to, to treat him and so we established very quickly that he was going to get very tired um, because of his uh, low level of fitness that he started with. Um, He was going to get very tired every day uh, that we were doing something and we needed to account for that. And that's the thing I wasn't accounting for, that he wasn't able to back up day after day. And and I'm not talking about a normal um, triathlon program. I'm talking about stripping it right back so that um, our goal and focus was just to get him moving each day. Uh, And that that was not how I started coaching him. I, I was actually trying to coach him like a triathlete and that was my mistake and I learned a lot about coaching in that first month of coaching Marcus Mm. so really really uh, grateful for that opportunity to to learn myself as a coach and and so I set him the target of early on was let's just do 30 days in a row of training and make this a habit make your body get used to it and I set the rule as you had to do something that was about 15 minutes or more if it didn't get to 15 minutes, it didn't count as a session. And I, I said, you can do whatever you like. You could walk, you could, you could run, you could just do some exercises. As long as it went for 15 minutes, you could swim, you could cycle, whatever you felt that you had time for. And if you, if you didn't have time and you didn't want to set up your bike and you only had 15 minutes, well, don't do that. Just go for a walk. And, and that would tick off uh, a session for the day. So I said, the other rule is if you miss one of those consecutive days, you have to start again. You have to start your 30 days again. Anyway, we fast tracking it. We eventually got there with a few hiccups here and there. 
Um, and look, you know, his immune system was really being stressed because he wasn't used to doing activities each day. You know, he, he had a family, uh, young kids, uh, a wife, and, and he ran his own business. So uh, he had a full-on schedule anyway in his in his day-to-day activities. So to, to add some more, you know, exercise, to add exercise into his activity was going to uh, create some adjustments that he had to make. And look, not only did his body have to adjust, but his whole uh, planning structure of what he did day to day had to change as well to fit in this relentless thing of doing some sort of activity or exercise every day for 30 days to make this. Mm. And we're doing this for a reason. We're doing it to try and you know, A, get the body used to uh, uh, doing some exercise and for your mind to know that each day I'm going to do something and get yep. your head around that, that you know, he was in a position previously where he would do maybe two or three days and then have four days of nothing and then have another one day or two days, then have six days of nothing. So this is a cycle he'd been doing for decades. Yeah. And it's just a classic case, isn't it? Of if we, you know, we talk about the period of tra- training. It's um, frequency first, um, then volume, then intensity. And um, the more beginner you are, the more that is important to stick to, the more that frequency is important. And the more experienced you are, if you've got some you know, experience in training, then you're going to be a lot more used to that frequency and you can go to volume and intensity at a faster rate. But in this case, it was literally the goal was frequency and the volume intensity just did not matter. In fact, you really have to make sure that you weren't overdoing any volume or intensity. Yeah, that's the key thing that uh, we had to really come to grips with was, uh, you know, of course we've got data and, you know, how everybody in, in listening to this podcast understands how driven we are with data but we did use the data to sort of set guidelines Um, and you know his ability to do any running was very limited with the weight that he was at and it was kind of kind of waiting for an injury to happen or you know almost dangerous for his health to push his heart rate too high and um, and swimming was a challenge as well Um, and of course in that year in 2021 we started in February we had COVID you know almost start straight away so so there was a lot of challenges thrown up at him, but but our, our goal was really just to get him into routine and structure. And right from the outset, I said, you know, this could take a long time. You need to be patient and you need to just tick off day after day and don't think too far ahead and don't think how how slow I'm improving. Don't think like that. Change your mindset to I'm better than I was a week ago. I'm better than I was yesterday. And then after three or four months, look back at where you were at the start and all of a sudden you're four months further down the journey and and small incremental improvements were were, were definitely uh, occurring but not at the rate that you would expect because we couldn't really push much intensity our focus as you said was purely on frequency of training which is that day after day after day um, consistent backing up and so the duration and the intensity was really in the background and and of course, we tried to do some overload where we were, you know, if you could do 15 minutes, let's try 16 minutes, you know, just add time in small increments. But but that was that was really the, the crux of our starting point. Yeah, and we are very data-driven. So we do have great data from when he started back in February 2021. It's now almost February 2024. You're in January. It's almost three years down the track. And you really talk about this journey a lot about you have to be patient. And this was a great example of of being patient, but we still looked at data. Um, I mean, the goal at the start was frequency and, and completion of training and completion of the event. And we do talk about com- what is your goal for the event? You know, what is your goal for the race? And there's kind of three types of goals. And this applies a lot for any distance triathlon, especially half Ironman or Ironman. Is your goal just to complete it and you just get through it? And you're just trying to get enough to get through it. 
you know, or is it to complete it comfortably? And that's a, that's a different scenario where you know, you're trying to give yourself enough time so that you're not suffering um, unimaginably because you're underprepared. Or is your goal a race time? You're really training to aim for a certain time. And um, in this case, you know, the first target was, could I complete an Olympic distance triathlon? That was the real big stretch goal. And then the first step in between, you said, well, let's just get to a sprint first. And so in February 2021, when he started, his first FTP test was 214 watts, I think, for somewhere around the 30 kilometer an hour mark. And then um, just recently, oh, October last year, that, it, that had gone up to 237 watts for 35.2 kilometers an hour. Um, so it took a while to get there, but that's a massive improvement. And then just today, actually, which coincidentally, we're, we're planning to record this anyway, but he's just done 252 watts for 38 kilometers an hour. So that is riding 38 kilometers an hour you are riding, you know, and he did a pretty conservative test today. You know, he, there was a there was a 40-watt difference between his first 10 minutes and his second 10 minutes. So he did 233 for the first 10 minutes, 270 for the second 10 minutes. So he's really come home strong, and that's great. That's great execution. We love that. Um, but as you'd say, that probably shows that it was too conservative. He's probably got more in him in terms of watts. So, Dad, from where he started to riding 38 k's an hour, you're just, you're just laughing today. Yeah, and look, um, there's probably been a couple of power meter changes there. So the data, you know, might be misleading as well you know it could possibly that 250 could have been compared to his old power meter could have been you know 270 um so so the it's speed a really important point sorry i'd sorry to interrupt yeah. but I, th- I think that is you know when you're looking at the data that those notes are in there that um when he got his new power meter he was actually running lower power for the same speed so it shows that the new one is actually lower so in this regard we were i was just comparing then 240 to 252 with a lower power meter now so you are right yeah, and the speed, that's where data from speed is really helpful, isn't it? Because, you know, mm. no matter what the power meter reads, our goal in a triathlon is to ride faster than we have before. And if we if we ride 50 watts to get 38 k's an hour and next week we ride 400 watts to get 38 k's an hour, our actual goal is 38 k's an hour regardless of what the power is. The power is the, the thing that gets us the, the speed. So... So we're really, you know, we're driven by, at the end of the day, by how fast can we ride from A to B? And that's what racing a bike is. And so I'm just, I can't almost believe my eyes when I saw 38 k's an hour. When I look back at February 2021 and, you know, 30 k's an hour was, was pretty much as all I could do. And, you know, if I think you're about... Um, in distance, I know that uh, he was a kilometre faster at 35 k's an hour. Um, in the last test he did, he was actually a kilometre further up the road. So I think he did 10.7 kilometres in those 20 minutes. And this time he did 11.7. So that shows you he's a kilometre an hour further up the road. Mm-hmm. If he was, you know, Marcus was racing against Marcus, you know, new Marcus is a K up the road for in 20 minutes. Imagine yeah. that in in a 40k, you know, you'd be yeah. literally kilometres ahead of yourself. Well, that maths works out perfect because he's three kilometres an hour an hour faster. So over 20 minutes, it's, it's a kilometre. And so more data points we want to just touch on before we kind of really dive into the key changes and, and what got here is you have to swim, you know, really struggled to swim even 600 metres at the start. And the first 1K time trial he was able to do is swimming at 2.30 pace. And um, he did a sprint triathlon just a couple of months ago and he swam 159 pace. So that is um, a great effort to come down. And then running, uh, he's... His first sprint he ever did back in 2021, which he got to, um, was uh, five kilometers at 6.30 pace. And then just two months ago, he ran 5K at six-minute pace, so 30 seconds per kilometer down in the triathlon. And and this is just, you know, 
we've just glossed over the fact that he got to the sprint distance. You know, he's, he's doing a triathlon. Not only is he improving these times massively, he's swimming, riding and running a completed triathlon. And the big kicker is that he got to Noosa try last year. So take us through that journey a little bit. Yeah, and uh, the, the first initial goal was uh, just to do a fun try, which is, uh, I think it's a 250-metre swim, 10K ride and a 2.5K run. Uh, and that's how we started. And the goal was to see if he could do a sprint uh, triathlon, which is, you know, one step ahead of that, which is, you know, a lot of the sprint distances are quite varied around the world. And for this particular race, it was 500-metre swim, 20K ride and a 5K run. And his actual achievement of doing that was you know we don't want to gloss over that that was that was pretty pretty challenging for him to to get through that event and and you know he was so motivated that he actually did it then you know he signed up for a lot more races over the next few years at sprint distance and and you know we had days where he went better and and days where he didn't go so good depending on how much preparation he'd done and um, and how how the consistency had gone in his training and there were lots of things that were inhibiting or at or advancing that and eventually last year he said I, I really want to do an Olympic distance do you think I'm capable of doing it and and I said mate there's no limit or ceiling to anybody I coach if you want to do that let's put our head together and work out a method that'll enable you to ride 40k and run 10k and look that's easy just to talk those words running 10k for Marcus was you know that is a challenge like someone having to run a marathon who's you know the furthest they'd run is a half marathon 5k to 10k is the same equivalent for for marcus and and you know at 130 odd kilo you know it's not an easy challenge and um i don't think anybody can really understand that the position he's in there and uh but his determination uh, was what got me inspired the whole time is you know just keep chipping away and all of a sudden he's down to 122 kilo and and then he reached out for some for some help with dr harry and, you know, I just asked him this morning, what's your weight today? And he said 105.9 kilo. And, and you know, that's it almost brings tears to your eyes how, how, how good an outcome that is. And it's not just about the weight. It's the, it's the way he did it. And, and he's just all the time trying to find out how he can improve himself. And, and you know, I just love this, this trait that he has of, you know, setting targets, um, no matter what knocks him over, he gets back up again. Um, with, I could list 10 things that have happened to him <laughs> over the journey um, that, that anybody else would just go, oh, you know what, forget it. I, I just don't do this anymore. I, I, I just can't get keep getting knocked down. Um, yeah. but, but his resilience has been, you know, to me, outstanding. It's a great lesson. Even to me, it's a great lesson of, you know, suck it up sometimes when things aren't going your way because if you just keep at it and that word persevering you will eventually succeed in the goals you're trying to do and and you know the middle of last year when he wanted to do noosa so badly he entered it's a for those of you don't know noosa is in the sunshine coast which is in queensland he lives in melbourne so it's you know it's a classic you have to get a flight get accommodation it's quite an expensive thing to do um you know this is one of the biggest uh, olympic distance races in the world and it's been going the longest, I think. It started in, I first did it in 1985 or something. It's been going since 1981 or two. So it's one of the all-time longest triathlons that's ever been going. Um, so it's a really big event that's, uh, that gets a lot of uh, notoriety and there's a, there's a real carnival atmosphere around it. So he wanted to be a part of that. You know, there's a criterion, there's a fun run, there's a swimming race. 
there's a teams race and there's the the Olympic triathlon. So so it's a it's a big event to go to and um and he really wanted to make that line and and we had to change a few things in his program where because he was struggling with his you know he runs his own electrical business and he's got a lot of kids now and uh you know a lot a lot of busier lifestyle he can't get the endurance rides in on the weekend because that's time for his family so you know he's trying to fit in some longer rides midweek now and that really worked well by just thinking about how we can manage this program better came up with this this plan to do more of his endurance riding on a friday rather than a saturday and then he all he had to do was do a an endurance run on a saturday morning and that was his weekend you know sort of covered with the endurance done so so things like that you know he was up for and 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 manipulating the manipulating the program to best suit his needs is is what everybody should be doing you you, you know if you if you can't manage something on this day then then you know contact your coach and ask for a swap and and make it fit into your lifestyle rather than um you know here's your program this is the day you have to do it and you know even though that is the structure that, that works best there are ways to fix it and yeah. and so that was a great example of um, him just not letting any roadblock stop him from from actually achieving that goal and getting to the Noosa start line, which he did incredibly well. I love those lessons. And the reason we do these episodes is in every story, there are some key lessons that um, some will apply to you and some won't. But most of the time, there's some key lessons that can apply to every athlete, regardless of the context and that that ability to you know find solutions to what's not working and figuring out that the insurance rides aren't working on Saturday, so let's change them to Friday. And um, yeah, take us through some of the other the, the other key lessons because you just mentioned the fact that putting a goal in front of him and like you said, the Olympic distance was a fair stretch. Nusa was a, was a big stretch. He wasn't fully ready, but really forced him to go up another gear. Even though he was doing well, it really forced him to go up another gear and, and get himself ready for that. So um, take us through some of the other lessons that you think can apply to athletes that um, yeah are, are really from this from this story. Yeah, and I think uh, changing the distance of the race um, because, you know, once he got the hang of the sprint distance, um, I think that almost got to him to a point where, you know, he needed another challenge. Um, of course, the challenge is you can run a sprint, um, you can complete a sprint distance faster. That's all the time trying to do that race faster. But he needed, in his own mind, something that was going to help him with that, uh, the physicalness of his of the way his body was he wanted to be leaner uh, and obviously then faster be be an improved athlete but he wanted to be fitter and and have less weight and and by doing a longer event that was going to force him to train with more endurance and and so it was a really smart move um, you know push yourself to a to an event that's got way double the endurance that you've just done and you know anything over an hour is definitely an endurance race you know, mm-hmm. if, if you haven't, people think a sprint distance, oh, that's just a sprint. That's, you know, it's, it's, a sprint, yeah. it's not a two minute or a 10 minute or a 20 minute race. It's, it's an hour to two hours for some people. And the minute you step up to an Olympic distance, that that's straight away going to be, you know, for the average athlete that we're talking to, we're not talking about the elites, you know, it's, it's anything from two hours to three hours plus. So that's endurance. So you, you need to be prepared endurance wise for that. And if you're, mm. if you're going to be able to run for your 10 K an hour 20 or an hour 15, you know, you, that's, a, that's, that's quite an endurance run. Um, and especially at, at a high weight, that's a, that's a big load to carry around for all that time. So, so they're the key things that uh, we're going to force him to have to do uh, more endurance type training and get his long run from, from 25 minutes or 30 minutes was his longer runs 
up to 40 to 45. And then, you know, eventually we had to get him to run 50 to 60 minutes and, and try and get him to run 70 minutes, which, you know, takes a long progressive period of time to, because you can't just keep throwing 15 or 20 minutes onto a run from last week. You have to progress yeah. enough slowly that you don't actually create, you know, illness or sickness or, or injury. So, so the progression had to be uh, steady and, and his endurance ride definitely helped um, improve his ability and his uh, um, fitness levels to a point where he felt so much stronger now because he had that aerobic fitness from the endurance ride and and I'm forcing him to ride some hills and you know you know really get that weight up and down those hills and of course the more the more you do of that the weight starts to fall off uh, and starting to eat obviously uh, more sensibly a more balanced diet and and just getting all those little things that we talk about uh, get, getting them to be part of your everyday routine. Um, and then all of a sudden you get confidence because you start to see improvements. And as you start testing, you see some more improvements and that motivates you again. So this cycle of, of uh, you know, getting excited about uh, having a goal race that's cha- going to challenge you incredibly, you know. For those of you who are out there listening, you know, an Ironman is kind of the ultimate challenge. Um, but perspective-wise, for some people, a sprint triathlon is an ultimate challenge. And, and then from them to go to that to an Olympic distance, that's, that's a huge step. So, so putting it into context, you know, he was able to think about what are the requirements for me to step up to this next challenge and make sure that I get there on race day. Noosa is a hot race. It's normally around 30, 25 to 30 degrees and reasonably high humidity. Um, and, you know, coming from a winter in, in the southern part of Australia, that's, you're not really prepared for that heat. So, so I'm drumming into him the whole time. You know, you can't, just, you can't just get to this event and get to the start line. You have to be prepared. So you, you want to run the whole race. You don't want to be walking at any point. You know, you want to make sure that you're running, as you said, not just to complete the thing, but this is to enjoy it. And, and that's what he ended up doing. He, you could not wipe the smile off his face. And it was a great conversation to have after he completed that event. And, and, you know, he, he swam and rode and ran unbelievably well. And, you know, yeah, just one of those all time great performances uh, from a guy who really deserved it. Cause he, he just persevered and put his head down and stuck to the task and, and didn't drop his, drop his, uh, you know, his bundle when things didn't go well. And, and yeah, I think that's the story that uh, that sh- people should get from this and be inspired by someone, um, not just because uh, uh, of being such a heavy guy and 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 being able to, to 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 complete these events, but more so about his mindset of you know no matter what the challenge was, it, it, if I told him to do something, you know he would inevitably find a way to actually complete the tasks and. And doing that day in, day out made it possible for, on race day for him to believe that he could do it. And and he actually went, we weren't talking about times. We wanted him to complete mm. it, you know, um, with with a, f- a feeling that he was in control. Yeah. And not only that, he started to race himself in the bike and, yeah. and on the run. And that's how yeah. confident he got as he was going around the event. So, yeah, yeah. I, I know I've talked a lot here, but there's a lot to unpack when, when we're talking about uh, case studies and I want everybody out there listening to just think about yourself, you know, am I, am I shortchanging myself? Am I, am I getting the bet, most out of myself, you know, and do I get derailed by the smallest roadblock that's put in front of me 
Um, and and that's not to say you push through, you know, brick walls that, that, that can't be overcome. You, you've got to be sensible and, and, and work things out and manage your program so that, you know, you've got a good plan that will get you to the start line and give yourself enough time. And, and we're talking, you know, nearly two and a half years to get to that point. And that takes absolute patience to the max to to not want to to expect it to happen in two months and and yeah i think that's that's one of the biggest lessons that uh that most people should get out of this the the fact that he got to the olympic yeah triathlon is just yeah that's just the story in itself and so awesome and as you just finished off with some of the key lessons that stood out for me with the story was was the story of consistency and and just that lesson of just getting something done it's not about the perfect program and for him that something started as 15 minutes and then it progressed to you know more consistent training but for all of us it's it's sometimes you just don't feel like doing a vo2 session and if you if you really mentally are not up for it you know just that lesson of getting on the bike and and just doing zone two and and just you know pedaling the legs over um is enough you know that, that can apply to most people and I loved your point when you told me how he's not the sort of person that says, oh, I'll start again on Monday once something happens. Uh, I think that's a really cool lesson is that you know, if, you, if something comes up on Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're having a bad week, he was ready to start again on the Thursday. And most people kind of fall into this trap of, I'll start on the 1st of January. You know, I'll start in the new year. I'll start on Monday. And, and you're wasting half the week there. You know, you're missing out on four potential days of getting some consistency back. So, But it yeah, also reinforces, George, the habit of um, it's okay to have four or five days off again. It's reset, reset, reset mm. all the time. Um, like a broken record, I'll just ha- I'll just miss these four days and then reset. And if you look back after six months, you've done that seven times and you've missed out on four days times seven times is 28. You've missed out on a month of training by I'll just start on Monday and, you mm. know, get out of that habit, you know. Whatever's stopping you from training, sort it out and then – and then just get yourself back into the game and and do something tiny. Do some fifteen minute walk or or twenty minutes. Anything to get the the fact that you're getting that mindset of the habit. You get the habit of of your body doing some sort of movement that's going to contribute to its improvement in fitness. So, in conclusion, uh, what are the key lessons you'd like the listener to understand just to finish off this episode and and finish off this awesome story? Um. I think, I think giving you giving yourself uh, an opportunity to make sure that you you can actually succeed at things if you're willing to put the time in and and be patient. I, th- I think they're the the two key things is is if you set yourself a goal, it's got to be a realistic. And and some people might might have said if if they'd heard Marcus say I want to do an Olympic distance, they go oh, I don't, I just don't think that's in your you know possibilities uh, i think it's too too much for you but if you give yourself enough time and you're prepared to do the work um, there is no ceiling to to any any goal that that you put in front of yourself and i've just learned that lesson so many times um you know when i first met marcus at the at the triathlon because you know majority of people we coach i've never even met them it's all all of our coaching is is communicating online and and i've got people all over the world that we coach um, that I've never actually physically met. Yeah, I like your point about, um, you know, no matter how uncomfortable he was at the start and how hard that starting process was, building that habit, his determination to improve and, and just be a better version of himself is what got him here. And um, I think you asked him at the start, you know, if you could, if you can be really patient and if you can, you know, say to yourself in two years, I'll do an Olympic triathlon, what would that be like? And he said that would be a dream come true. Um, that just shows the patience you need, but his willingness to, 
actually um, go through the, with the process. And it's way easier said than done. It's way easier to say, oh, yeah, I'll do the work and do it. But to actually do the work is hard. I think that applies to every level of triathlete. You know, he, we just always say that when you persevere for something for years and not expect results in, in 12 weeks or, or 24 weeks, um, you're going to get much more benefit. And even this applies to every level of athlete, you know, even our top level athletes, you know, where they can really, if they get the right training structure, can find improvement very quickly. Yeah, they still get the best improvement at that two-year mark, at that three-year mark, and, and onwards when they get that consistency. So that's the lesson for me. Yeah, but I think the final thing to say is he's just excited for more. He really wants to 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 see where he can go to from here. Um, and I think that's that's actually the most exciting part is he's still got the motivation to, to actually, you know, it's almost like he's just started now and now he's, He's, you know, can't wait for the for the journey to continue. Yeah. Great story. Another case study is really inspiring. We hope this uh, case study episode inspires you and we'll see you next week for our normal podcast episodes and another case study.